Hello and welcome to Sacred Heart Radio. I'm Father Michael Delcom, pastor of our community, and I'm grateful you've joined us today. Before we dive into today's message, I want to thank you for your support. At Sacred Heart, we're super excited about our mission to encounter Jesus and become missionary disciples. None of this would be possible without the incredible generosity and dedication of our supporters like yourself. Whether it's through prayer, time, or financial contributions, you allowed us to carry out our mission and touch the lives of countless individuals. If our ministry has helped you along the way, either with this podcast or with our online streaming, please consider financially partnering with us if you're not doing so already. We want to continue our virtual presence in an ever-challenging world, and your support allows us to do that. You can visit shbrusard.org and click the Give button. There you can find ways to support and partner with us on our mission. Another way to support us in our mission is just to share this content with others. Again, on behalf of our team, thank you for listening today. Let's get to today's content as we grow together. Just give you a quick background uh, to help us understand today's gospel a little better. Um, The way that they did weddings back in the day of Jesus is a little different than we do in our own culture. In our culture, we have uh, we have bridegrooms, uh, we have a bride, we have a groom, and they have their own party, the groomsmen, right, and the bridesmaids. We typically get together the day of the wedding, and then we have a wedding, and then we have a party, and then we all go our separate ways, and the bride and groom go on their honeymoon. Well, in the day of Jesus, um, weddings were set up a little different, so the the bridegroom would have his wedding party and um, he would get betrothed or engaged probably a year before the actual wedding ceremony. And in that whole time of a year, he was preparing a place. He was preparing his future home for his bride. And then they would make a procession from that home to where the bride was. She was typically at her parents' house. And they would make a procession with his groomsmen to get his bride. And his bride had a wedding party. And they would make a procession from her home to their future home together. And at that home, there would be a wedding party waiting to celebrate. And they would celebrate for a whole week kind of gives you some insights into uh, the wedding of Cana, why they would run out of wine, like they've been drinking for like a whole week, right? Can you imagine trying to supply wine for this crew for a whole week? Yeah, not good. Um, So also give you some insights into like Mary and Joseph for, so when it describes Mary as um, Mary who was betrothed to Joseph, but before they got married. Like, they were betrothed for a whole year and Joseph was going to prepare a place for them so that he would come back. So that's the setting for our gospel. It says the the ten virgins, that would be the wedding party, right? The unmarried women who were part of the wedding party for the bride. They were waiting for the bridegroom to come from his home that he was preparing for the bride. He was going to come to pick up the bride and they were going to go into the home where they were going to spend the rest of their life together. That's where the party was going to be. So they're waiting. Five were foolish, five were wise, right? Five of them actually said, let me prepare just in case I need more oil, right? They were the torches. It was nighttime. They were going to make a procession to the place of the bride's future home. 
Five were foolish. They really didn't prepare ahead of time. They really didn't anticipate anything going wrong. They just assumed the bridegroom would come when they thought he was going to come. Now, this is a, a story that Jesus is telling, a foreshadowing for us, um, because we are the bride. We're the bride of Christ. He's the bridegroom. He's telling this to the church because, as we hear in Scripture, we don't know the day or the hour when Jesus is going to come. And the early church thought Jesus, his second coming, was going to be in their lifetime. So they thought Jesus, who ascended into heaven, it wasn't going to be long before he comes, maybe 30, 40, 50 years. And so Jesus closes today's gospel by saying, stay awake for you know the day nor the hour. Stay awake. His challenge for us is to be spiritually awake, like to to be aware of God in our life, to be aware of how Jesus comes to us in the many disguises of our neighbor, our family member, our friends, our coworkers, to love and to serve, to not assume we know when Jesus will come, right? We want Jesus to come and find us anticipating him, find us watching for him, find us ready for him. And the way that we are ready is the way that we live our life, right? We don't live it for ourselves, we live it for others. This is the gospel of Matthew, and at the end of the gospel of Matthew, Jesus also says, um, when the Son of Man comes, he's gonna separate the sheep from the goats, right? Same gospel, same Jesus, and those, the sheep are going to go to heaven. The goats are probably going to go to hell. Well, what, what is it that the sheep did? Well, he says, when I was hungry, you gave me food. When I was thirsty, you gave me drink. When I was a stranger, you welcomed me. When I was naked, you clothed me. When I was sick, you visited me. When I was in prison, you, you came to my aid. And they said, Lord, when did we do that? To the least of my brothers and sisters, you did it to me. Well, if we would have known, well... He's telling us we, we don't have the privilege, those of us who have heard the gospel, we don't have the privilege of saying, Lord, if I would have known. No, we do know. So it's how we live our life that we show Jesus that we are prepared to be with him. Now, just a little caveat. I, I am aware, at least in my own life, and I'm aware as I listen to maybe some of you that we often are so consumed with ourselves. We're often so consumed with what we're doing, what we need to do, and what we're not doing. We're just, we're very myopic, and we're just, we just keep looking at ourselves. And I would think if we just pause for a moment, because it's hard for me to fall in love with myself. That doesn't make any sense. But I can fall in love with someone else. I can fall in love with someone else when I, when I just, when I'm around them, when I'm, when I love what they do and I love how they are and I love how they are with me. And so I I firmly believe that we're not going to change our life. We're not going to do anything different unless we begin to fall in love with someone else who will change us, right? You see this in young people. I have a friend of mine who I'm marrying here pretty soon and, um, he has fallen in love, right? He's engaged to get married. And the way that his parents talk about it, it's like, oh my gosh, she's got to be the one. 
because he, he's changing everything. He went sold, he sold his, his uh, speedster, his, his fast muscle car, and he bought like a SUV. Like he's getting ready, right? And, and, and now he, he doesn't talk about work. He doesn't talk about himself. He just talks about her. And, and when we call him to do th- some things, he's like, well, I need to check with her, right? She is changing him. And so I think if, if, if you and I are living our life just kind of self-consumed, then maybe the Lord would come and he would find us not ready and not attentive, I don't think it's just a matter of us just changing for the matter of changing. I think you and I probably need to spend time with the Lord and slowly please God, fall in love with him, and then we'll change. So let's just stop talking about us and if we're ready or not. And let's just look a little bit at Jesus. Let's just pause. Jesus is telling a story about the fact that he will come back again and take us to himself. The bridegroom is going to come get his bride and bring us to heaven. Let's just pause. God, the creator of the earth, the creator of the heavens, is not going to leave us orphaned. He's not going to leave us alone to fend for ourselves. He's going to come back from heaven. He doesn't have to, but he wants to. Come back again to bring us to be with him forever in heaven. Just want you to think about that. Your creator doesn't want to be without you for all eternity. So he's going to come and bring us back to himself. The catechism talks about um, God's the first mover, right? God is the initiator. It's, our response is only a response to something God is already doing. God is already doing something. He's initiating. He's coming after us. He, well, he loves us. Listen to the first reading. So it's the, from the book of wisdom. Now, when we, when we read wisdom, wisdom it's another way of saying God. Like when God speaks, God speaks wisdom. Wisdom is anything that God speaks. So when it talks about wisdom, it's just talking about the word of God, right? She is readily perceived, God, his word, readily perceived by those who love her and found by those who seek her. If we are seeking God, we will find him. If we want to see God, we, he will let himself be seen. She, wisdom, hastens to make herself known. God wants to be known in anticipation of our desire to know him. Whoever watches for her at dawn shall not be disappointed, for he shall find her sitting at his gate. This image of sitting at the gate, like God is waiting for us to let him in. When we wake up at dawn, right, when we wake up in the morning and we want to maybe listen to God's word, maybe those of you who have a prayer practice who actually like maybe open the Bible or open some kind of spiritual reading and you, you want to hear God, God is already waiting for you because he wants to be known. He wants to be seen. He wants to be heard. So those who hasten to hear him, he's already waiting at the gate for us to let him in. 
And so rather than thinking of what do we need to do, what what are we not doing, let's just look at what God is doing. God is taking the initiative. God is going to come after us. God wants us to hear him. He wants us to know him. He loves us. And I would just encourage you to to pray and to, um, to be a Christian of confidence that God wants you, that God is pursuing you. That's the difference between the, the, the five virgins who were wise and the five who were imprudent. The five who were wise, they did not want to miss out on the bridegroom. They would spare nothing to make sure they did not miss out. Hey, give me a little bit. I see you have a little extra. Give me a little bit because I don't have enough. They said no. Like we're not missing the party. We are not missing the bridegroom. Heaven is not something we are willing to risk. Missing Jesus is not something someone who is in love with him is willing to miss. There's certain things we're not going to sacrifice. I just invite you to, to consider what Jesus is telling you in your own life. As you consider, maybe, am I ready? Like, if God comes today, would he find me watchful? Would he find me eager to know him? Would he find me eager to love him and serve him? Someone told me this week, and I think it was very telling, uh, he said, you know, um, Jesus is coming. Like, he's, he's going to come within your lifetime. I'm like, what does that mean? Well, you're going to die within the next 20, 30, 40, 50 years. And that's when he's coming. I mean, it's like it's not a lie. He's coming within the next 100 years for you. I'm assuming we ain't living over 100. And for me, that's going to be our second coming when Jesus comes. May he find us watchful, alert, ready, loving and serving and doing all the things he asks of us.